Hey, beautiful people. I'm Sarah, and welcome to my show, Ignited by Inner Beauty, a podcast that is setting the world on fire with body positivity, female empowerment, and self-love. If you need some feel-good vibes and a reminder of just how beautiful you truly are, then you came to the right place. I'm so excited to share what's in store for you today. Welcome to episode 17 of Ignited by Inner Beauty. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 17 of Ignited by Inner Beauty. And for all those Catholics out there like myself, it is the season of Lent. Uh, And that means uh, for all those uh, non-Catholics out there, if you haven't heard of Lent, it is uh, the 40 days before Easter. That is for prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And it is really to prepare us for arguably the most important day of uh, the Christian or Catholic calendar, uh, Easter, which is when Jesus died on the cross for us. Um, and I wanted to bring this uh, season of Lent up today because part of the tradition of Lent, as I mentioned, is fasting. And what that means is, uh, so the church asks you not to eat meat on Fridays as a source of fasting and, and giving that up to God. Um But you've also probably heard people saying things like, oh, I'm giving up this or I'm giving up that for Lent. And typically it's things like I'm giving up chocolate or I'm giving up fast food or I'm giving up ice cream. Uh, A lot of those uh, traditionally quote unquote bad foods. um, And as we know, foods don't have morality, but uh, people will kind of give that up and even try to use Lent as a weight loss challenge. And I wanted to talk about that a bit because this is really problematic and not uh, really what Lent is meant to be at all. So uh, first of all, when people are giving up these things, maybe it's food that they enjoy, um, these should be given up to Jesus. So if you're giving up chocolate for Lent, the idea being, um, you know, I really want this chocolate bar, but, you know, I give this up to you, God, as as a small sacrifice to remind myself of how you sacrificed your life for me. Um, And, you know, you'll say a prayer in uh, to really remember that and think about that as you maybe want a chocolate bar but don't have it. So this works for some people. Um, however, you know, we don't have to, you do not have to give something up for Lent, okay? So, um, and I am looking at this, of course, knowing all of the disordered eating in the world right now, uh, especially how people are told to change their bodies, the dangers of dieting, how dieting doesn't work, uh, how it's dangerous for our health, mental health. It's not good for us overall. Um, and you know, when I see people doing this, I am very, um, taken aback and I do not encourage people to, uh, give up something for Lent, especially, well, especially food related. I think that this time is a really sacred time and it should be, uh, you know, meant to do things, uh, for God and that bring you closer to him. And so instead of giving up food or, you know, doing like a 30 day workout challenge or whatever that may be, I really encourage you to think about the season of Lent, if you are practicing it, as some uh, way where you can uh, draw closer to God. So that can mean, uh, you know, spending more time in prayer or meditation. Um, It can be volunteering more, um, donating a set amount of money to charity. you know, praying more, even praying the rosary once a day, um, such a great, great thing to do. And especially, um, such a strong female figure, Mary. Um, and I really, I do enjoy praying the rosary and kind of thinking about her and and the importance, um, of Mary. So there are lots of things that you can do, uh, during the season of Lent. However, as we've seen it, you know, people are using this as a diet, as a way to just, oh, like, great, Lent is here. I'm going to use this to go on a new diet. I'm going to do it as, you know, a 40-day workout challenge, as a, you know, whatever, this and that. And that is not Lent, okay? This is not what we're called to do. Um, That is simply another diet. It is purely for vanity, in most cases, as we, as we know, diets do not work. They, we will gain weight back in the long run. They're not healthy for us. Um, 
So this isn't even about like health or anything like that. This is people just doing it, um, uh, really twisting uh, this tradition into something that's still about themselves. Um, and I think that instead of, you know, I, I truly wish just overall and during the season of Lent and in general that people spend less time thinking about dieting and more time about, you know, what matters to them? What are their passions? How can they do good in the world? Um, how can they stop thinking about their bodies? Like it's the most interesting things about them when truly we have so much to give. Um, and it is, it is upsetting to think about people who are seemingly doing this or, oh, well, I'm, I'm being a good Catholic. I'm giving up this and that food when it's not about that. Are you, first of all, do you really feel like with that you're giving it up to Jesus? Are you saying a prayer when you're doing that? Or are you just giving it up because, um, you know, you're striving for this perfect body and you want to lose weight? I totally understand, you know, the pressures of diet culture and uh, the pressure of society that tells us we need to change our bodies. But I'm telling you now that, you know, please, you know, if that is the case, please do not give up uh, something or food or food that you love or uh, do this type of fasting during Lent. Uh, it's not, it's not going to help you become the best version of yourself. It's not going to help you draw closer to God. It's probably going to make you be really cranky, want that food more, um, be upset with yourself, or even, you know, when, as we know, when we restrict, it will lead you to binge on food. So um, to kind of make up for that in your body, uh, it's its way of reacting to restriction. So I really encourage you to, to think about the season of Lent and um, if you are giving up one of those things and it is because you want to engage in a diet or you're doing this, you know, you haven't thought about <laughs> the significance uh, of this season at all. You're really just doing it for yourself. I really encourage you to, to think a little bit more critically about how you can do that um, and truly give it up to Jesus or in my opinion, um, do something completely different, non-food related or fasting. Um, I think it can be so damaging and, you know, some people, I don't want to neglect it. If you feel very confident in, um, you know, no, I really want to give up chocolate. I don't have any issues with disordered eating. I think I can give this up and I do say a prayer, then that is great. You know, more power to you, but in most cases, especially with women, um, who I know, and just through my experiences, there is already so much pressure on us to, look a certain way and to eat a certain way that this season can just be a toxic time to uh, encourage diet culture behavior and it can be really, really damaging. So um, please don't do that. There are so many ways where you can actually take part in the season that will truly bring you closer to God, will give you peace. Um, and again, we don't. Ha I, this is not only giving up something. We do not have to give up something for Lent. I know a priest who I uh, who is who is great, and I will remember when he said this. Um, he said, "You know, I give the, up the same three things for Lent every year: watermelon, water skiing, and skydiving." So he, his point being that he obviously um, he doesn't like watermelon and he does not, you know, this was kind of an elderly priest. He doesn't give up um, water skiing or skydiving because he's never done them in the first place. Um, and his point is that, you know, giving up things that he's enjoys or likes uh, will just take him, you know, away from God will kind of, you know, ruin that connection in a way. It will really, it just makes him cranky, you know, when he gives up a food or something or activity that he enjoys. So instead he can, uh, he chooses to spend more time in prayer. Um, maybe, you know, if, if you feel closer to God, taking that time away from social media, whatever that is, what, what that looks like for you, I encourage you to really think about it and take up that practice instead of, uh, you know, removing something from your life, especially something that you love. Season can be, or excuse me, Lent can be a season of spiritual abundance. It doesn't have to be a season of lacking um, because even though it is a time to, you know, live simply and think about Jesus's sacrifice, um, there still can be so much uh, we can gain from this season as well. It doesn't have to be a season of loss. So um, with that in mind, and again, please do, do not use this. Um, time to encourage diet culture or, um, you know, tell other people to do that as well of, Hey, you want to join this with me? I'm, I'm doing it for Lent. So it's a good thing. Like, please don't put it under that guys. Um, diets are harmful. Um, 
and you are worthy as you are. You do not have to change your body to, uh, you know, to be worthy. You do not need to change your body at all. You are good. Um, Your body is good as it is right now in this moment. If you haven't heard that today, let me be the person to tell you that. Um, And I really hope you take this to heart. So that is a little bit about, a little bit something I wanted to say about the season of Lent and the connection of dieting there, the really problematic connection. So I hope you take that and and really think about that. And maybe um, that was you kind of change up uh, how you're approaching this season. Um, And of course, I also encourage you if you or just encourage you to uh, think about if you are struggling with disordered eating or an eating disorder, you are in recovery, you are by no means required at all to take part in any type of fasting, even the um, giving up meat on uh, Fridays. That is, you know, if you are struggling and that is really triggering you to restrict at all, you know, in whatever state you're in um, with food and your relationship uh, to food, uh, you do not have to do this. You know, this is... um, that is really not what it's about. If you are struggling in some sort of way, I encourage you to think about um, truly what will deepen your connection with God. And if something like that has been um, hard for you, any type of restriction, please do not do that. Be kind to your bodies and love yourself. Um, and on that note, um, I'm going to introduce our uh, interview today. I had the pleasure of talking with Katie McCredden. She works for a mental health startup. She is such an advocate for mental health. And she also talks so much about her journey um, with growing up and learning to love her body and herself. She talks a lot about um, struggling with her appearance. It was such an incredible conversation I had with her. And uh, thank you, Katie, for being such an excellent guest and really being so raw and real with us. Uh, Just as a quick disclaimer before we get into the episode, um, about 16 minutes into the conversation, we do have a a conversation about um, how you cannot tell if someone's, uh, you know, someone's health just based on looking at them, just based on their weight. Um, And Katie does uh, briefly mention just a number there, uh, her weight at a certain time. Um, So if uh, weight numbers and mentions are uh, a trigger to you, I just encourage you to maybe skip ahead there. Um, just a minute or so. There's just one mention um, when she's talking about, um, she starts off kind of talking about going to McDonald's and, and things like that. So if you uh, are triggered by that, just feel, feel free to skip over um, that. But this was such an excellent interview and really incredible conversation. I'm so grateful for Katie and the beautiful person that she is and the opportunity I had to speak with her and talk about these really important um, issues and topics. So without further ado, here is Katie. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for being on the show. I'm so excited to have you. And why don't you start us off by introducing yourself and letting the audience know how you're ignited by inner beauty. Sure. So my name is Katie McCredden. I actually know Sarah from college. We were roommates our junior year. So she has seen me at my best and my worst (laughs) and my youngest. (laughs) So I am from New Jersey. I've worked in the city pre-COVID and I'm almost on one year of work from home. So just trying to keep it all together, but igniting inner beauty just kind of like stumped me originally when I was going through the questions because like, I'm definitely someone who looks at someone and I'm like, oh, they're beautiful. And you're looking at those outside features. But I think honestly being kind and really embracing your flaws, I've found that that's really kind of helped me feel beautiful when I've been having tough moments. Um, so just gratitude, expressing that that's also been huge for me too. And kind of overcoming, you know, self-confidence issues. I love how you said kind, because that's like, I think the perfect word to describe you. And I know like how you describe like 
other um like inanimate objects as kind <laughs> like I absolutely love that like it's something I like picked up on when we were like roommates and you were like oh like this bedroom it's just so kind like and it's just like and I I think I mean something something that I love about you and something that I was so excited one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you because I think you definitely can see the beauty in other people and just in like the everyday little things which I uh, absolutely love to see. So, <laughs> oh, I appreciate that so much. And I do remember like my weird coming out very early on junior year when, yeah, we would hang up a poster or I go in here. Yeah. Oh, it's so sweet in here. It's so kind. <laughs> yeah. So sticks with you. Wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, tell me more about working from home. I know, um, we've talked, we are talking about it a little bit and it is kind of a, a weird thing and it's yeah. How has that experience been like for you? It's definitely had its ups and downs. So when work from home first started, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm not paying for my commute from Jersey to the city, saving so much money. Um, and then as the weeks progressed, you know, I was starting to miss those, you know, after work happy hours and just, you know, those morning kitchen runs, you know, to get coffee with your coworkers So it's been tough, but something that I've been doing to cope and I've pretty much done for the past year is been getting really into working out. So before COVID hit, I was actually training for a half marathon. Oh my gosh. Look at you. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was running quite a bit and obviously it got canceled. So that was really, really tough because, you know, you work so hard and I don't know, I don't wake up and, you know, in the morning, I'm like, yeah, like let's run 13 miles. Like I had a goal, I was working towards it. (laughs) So that was tough. But the day that the half marathon was scheduled and then, you know, of course canceled, I actually ran my own half marathon. Oh, I love that. In Jersey. So around, yeah, around the Bergen County. So Mm. it it was something. Yeah. But definitely working out has been huge for me and not even to get achieve some type of like fitness goal. It's really just been kind of keeping me grounded and sane and just kind of like the one constant, you know, that I have. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. I think people can Uh, you know, finding like a goal in your life, no matter what that is, like exercise or personal or like relationship or whatever, like can be so helpful just to like focus on something and like do something and feel good during, especially during COVID when there's like not much happening in the world. So (laughs) that's really nice to see. (laughs) But yeah, tell me more about like um, uh, when you're talking about being beautiful and, and, uh, your confidence and things like that. What has that been like, um, your experience with like growing in self-confidence or, um, kind of, uh, just your feelings around that? Sure. So kind of like a personal story. I'm not sure I've ever even told like our roommates, like junior year. And like, we were such a close crew too, but, um, I struggled a lot with my confidence, especially in high school, I was like very tall, like very lanky. Um, I had crooked teeth. Um, I just like wasn't feeling good about myself, despite the fact that like I had friends, I had like, you know, a long-term boyfriend. I felt so bad about myself all the time, you know, wouldn't smile in pictures, super Mm -hmm. self-conscious, like going out. I remember prom to me was like absolutely mortifying because like prom is just like Mm -hmm. all pictures. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is literally my worst nightmare. Um, so that was tough. And then actually the summer going into my freshman year of college, I saw an orthodontist and mind you, I had braces like 10 times growing up. It just never worked out. Like things changed. Um, and you know, I got my braces on and despite the fact that like I was, you know, like a 19 year old who had braces, I started to feel so much more confident about myself because I knew I was like making a change that was going to like drastically improve how I felt about myself and how like I presented myself to the world. And it kind of like, 
I don't know. It definitely like changed me. And I feel in a lot of ways, like vain saying that, that like, I got like a smile that like I was proud of, but, um, it definitely like made me open up more. I had like kind of like a newfound confidence. I, you know, didn't have a problem meeting people because I was like, Oh, like, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're getting this fixed. Yeah. <laughs> But also, you know, it's kind of something I had to like look back on too and be like, okay, why was that so like detrimental to me, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that too. Yeah. <laughs> and that like growing up, cause I, that is so interesting and something to like reflect on because I feel like, um, as much as we can like do the work on like the inside too and be like, yeah, like I can feel good and I can feel confident. Like sometimes it does come from, it's like worth acknowledging that like there are external factors, like maybe we don't like parts of ourselves, and like, that's okay. And like, maybe we don't have to love everything about ourselves too. And like, that's okay too. Like we can just like move on through life and like it's, it's kind of, um, yeah, interesting to think about. I think about like body positivity versus body neutrality. Some people like love that and just being like, Hey, like my body is a body and like, I can feel good even if I'm not like super in love with everything about it. Like, so it's yes. interesting. <laughs> yes. No, I love that because I definitely go back and forth between that, like body neutrality and body positivity where sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm killing it. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, you know what? Like today's just not the day, mm-hmm. you know, my body's here to serve a function. And right now that's work. I don't need to run 10 miles. You know, I don't need to have like a green smoothie, like you know, we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think it's, um, interesting and important to think about too, like just growing up. And I think about like, our bodies are going to change. Like we are going to get older. We are going to get like wrinkles and gray hair. And like, that is a part of life. And I think it's like, it's something that we, so it's not like, Oh, cool. Like this thing happened. And like, now I'm good. It's like beauty standards are going to change. Like our bodies are going to change. Like, and that's just all like part of life. So we have to like, think about how we're going to like cope with that over time too. I love that you said that because I've had to catch myself so many times. Um, and as you can see like my hair is like a bit longer. So I'm like, Oh, like once my hair is this length, like that, that'll be it. Like that will be like, I'll have it together, you know, or it's like, once I'm at like this weight, like that'll be it. Like I'll be good. And then it's smooth sailing from there. And then you realize you get to that point and you're like, Oh no, like I'm still insecure. Like I still have problems, you know? Like, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's weird how we set those kind of weird goals for ourselves that like you hit and then you're like, okay. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know it's, I think like if that were the case and and people have said this too, like if that were the case, if we like got to this like ideal standard of beauty and like met all of the, you know, like our, our outward appearance aligned with like society's vision of like what that like ideal of beauty is like, that would mean that like the models today, like feel great about themselves. And like, you know, they don't like from what I've heard and like read in the media, they're like some of the most insecure people who like, who really struggle with, you know, their body image and, um, have a hard time with that too. So it's like, Oh wow. Like maybe, you know, maybe that's not it. Like, (laughs) no, I totally agree. And it's funny. Cause like some, you know, when you're getting conversations, people are like, Oh, would you like ever want to be famous? And I'm always like, no, (laughs) because if I saw my like outfit getting picked apart or like my new hairstyle getting picked apart in a magazine, I think I'd lose it. I don't know how, you know, people kind of subject themselves to that and like not completely fall apart. Like someone looks at me the wrong way and I'm, I'm down for the count for two weeks, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, I would absolutely hate that. Like what a hard life to live, but. (laughs) And like, I've definitely been struggling to like, you know, post-college, like we're not 19 anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, dresses that we wore out, you know, during that time, like, they don't fit the same now Mm -hmm. and kind of trying to normalize that, you know, yeah. Like you mentioned before, like, you know, your body's changing, like we're older now, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I started using eye cream. These are things we gotta, (laughs) we gotta change. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And like, yeah, our bodies do change. And like, that's normal. Like we are like, <laughs> we are human beings. And they also like, relate to like the stresses that we feel like, you know, react to that. And I've kept, I keep seeing this like great post. That's like, if you gained weight during quarantine, like congrats, you're normal. Like, because like, that's just very, just very yeah. common. It's a very common way for people's bodies to react to stress. And like, yeah. we're trying to cope and like cope with a global pandemic and like all of the stresses of the world right now. And like, Hey, like that's, let's think of this neutrally. Okay. Like this is okay. Like we're, we're just, it's our bodies taking care of ourselves, honestly. Yeah, a- absolutely. And like, I'm sorry, but like, if you, you know, ordering takeout, like if that makes the day a little bit easier for you to get through, right. like you just need to do that sometimes, you know, yeah. I, I totally agree, but I will say, um, and Sarah, you definitely are like familiar with like my like mental health journey to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I also have like the exact opposite when I'm stressed, when I'm really anxious, I mm-hmm. can't eat, like cannot put food to my mouth, feel horribly sick the whole time. So I've also struggled with that because I think as like a culture, we're very much and, and not, we're not perfect by any means, but we're definitely getting to the point where like, yeah, you know, like have that second, you know, taco, like have that second glass of wine, like, you know, Mm -hmm. self-care. But it's tough for me sometimes to see that type of thing when like, I'm at my lowest point and like, I can't even like lift a piece of bread to my mouth and, you know, I'm like sick with anxiety. So I, I think important just to acknowledge too, like with that, like, it comes in different forms and like sometimes being really skinny can be like a result of, you know, stress and like stress, not eating. So totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's so important to think about too, because like I've even, um, you know, just heard like these terrible stories of people with like anxiety or depression and they've lost weight and then they're like and then they are around people and they're like oh my gosh like you look so great and it's like no 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 like we cannot compliment compliment people's bodies for like losing weight gaining weight whatever that like really is something I do not like because you never you don't know what's behind that and like it's yeah, it can be really dangerous. Like, so then like, what, what message does that send? Like you're encouraging people to live that lifestyle. That's exactly. exactly. And I'll never forget this. So before I had any type of like diagnosis before I knew what was going on and before like mental health was even kind of something we talked about, Mm -hmm. this was when I was a freshman in high school. Um, and look, looking back, I'm like, oh, this was a really bad, like depressive episode that we just didn't know what it was or like how to deal with it, but like never saw like a therapist, never saw like a psychiatrist for it, but I'll never forget that a few months after, you know, the worst of it was over, I went to the pediatrician. So I guess, how old are you when you're freshman high school, like 14, 14, 15. Yeah. And she was like, Oh my God, like you look amazing. And I remember being like, you, you don't understand like the trauma Mm-hmm. you know, like this has caused for me, like getting up and like knowing, like I would not be able to eat and, uh-huh. you know, like losing weight and, mm-hmm. you know, like your like Catholic school, like kilt not fitting you the way it was mm-hmm. because like, you're so, you know, underweight. And I remember like, it caused so much like with my parents too, where they would, cause they also didn't understand what was going on at the time. And I mean, I'm like, you're 15, like you're not telling your parents, you know, yeah. <laughs> deepest, darkest secrets, um, you know, where they're like pressuring me and they're like, you know, you have to eat like, this isn't okay. And then to have like a doctor be like, no, you look amazing. Oh God, very, terrible. very weird. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, I just, I'm so sorry to like you and for every, anyone else who has like gone through an experience like that, because it's just like the, it's like the deep rooted, like fat phobia in our culture too. like always thinking that like weight gain is bad when it is simply not the case. That's like a very toxic way of thinking. And then like, and then also just like the lack of understanding, like this is rooted in our, in our healthcare societies too, you know, like this so often comes from doctors and like, you just can't know a person's health 
and especially you know related to mental health too like yeah. just by looking at someone like it's just you you don't you do not know you do not know anything so. exactly like you would have never thought like and then like you know when high school goes on like you know I got help for it and stuff but like I was eating McDonald's every day and I was still 110 pounds like you could not like if you looked at the inside of me, I was rotting from the inside out, you know, like, and it's like, but yeah, but like, I was like skinny and tall. So like, it was like, it was okay. You know, Mm. even though I, you know, like you can't, you can't tell from looking at me, but like, I have high cholesterol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We just don't know. You like, you just, you, you don't know these things about people like, and also I, I think that by looking at them and also I think that ties into like your, health should not determine like a morality like about you like it doesn't even if you are like unhealthy in some ways and you know I think um that could like that's so broad sweeping I don't, I don't know if anyone has been the picture of health their entire life honestly but like <laughs> like that doesn't mean you're like you're a lesser person either you know whatever that it's just yeah it's so tough <laughs> yeah I definitely get that because I also find myself like policing myself too where I'm like okay like if you ate, you know, unhealthy today, like you're less than, and like whatever that then is, but yet you definitely start to like police yourself. And like, even if you don't have like an eating disorder, like you do have those thoughts where, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I I know I shouldn't have this. And it's like, why? (laughs) Yeah. Go away. Thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't like that. But it is, it is true. I don't think it uh, has to be an eating disorder. I think that it's like, I, I feel like it's, it's hurtful when people are like, oh, well, it's not like that bad. And it's like, no, like you should still like this, if it's still affecting you like in a negative way, or you have negative thoughts about your body image or, um, you know, like foods you're eating, it, this can be a real problem. It doesn't have to be like, like, don't rank your like suffering like oh it's right. not that bad that's that's not a yeah. Yeah. good way to think about it but oh, so much but I love how you talked about like the importance of mental health and I would love to hear like what that means to you and I know you've like always been such an advocate for it and and people like um being in a good place mentally so I'd love to hear more about that yeah sure um so of note too like I actually work for a mental health company. So a mental health tech startup, which has been just completely amazing, especially after having, you know, I started off right out of college at a corporate office um, and definitely just not for everyone and definitely wasn't for me. And it's funny because I'm working so much harder and like longer hours now than I ever did before, but like, I'm so much happier and so much more fulfilled. So I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just felt like that yeah. was important to note that like sometimes like, right. like it, it really is, you know, a big thing for me, like mental health. Um, but something for me has been, I think the biggest factor has been therapy. Uh, there was one point, you know, just when I was kind of at my worst where I was going to therapy twice a week and it was just something, you know, I did. And for me, that's just been huge. And not focusing so much on trying to like not be an anxious person or like not have depression, but just accepting the fact that like, oh no, I'm still like worth something, even if I have, you know, like a mental illness, like that doesn't diminish me as a person. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going to suck sometimes, (laughs) like, you know, like I've had very, you know, very tough moments with that, but it's, big into just like <clears throat> accepting that about myself and yeah like you know there's coping mechanisms that help me through those tough moments but like this is also how I am and I've also like really just kind of like embraced that especially like post-college um and you know working at like a mental health startup I'm very open about like being anxious or like you know if I'm having like a tough day and by and large, like it's honestly super well received. I think people really appreciate, you know, being honest about that. And it's also been Mm -hmm. like very healing for me because so much of my growing up was having to like hide the fact that like I'm depressed or like hide the fact that I'm anxious. And now just being able to be like, yeah, like I'm so like, you know, like I'm so nervous about this or that, like, yeah, I'm anxious. I don't know what about, like, it's so well received by people. And 
that in itself has been like, I think so, you know, healing the fact that I can say like, Hey, like I'm anxious. And my friends are like, Oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, like, we'll like, we'll take it slow. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's do something chill. So that's really, really been huge. Um, but you know, that being said, you know, friends are great, but when you're kind of dealing with something a little more involved, I definitely think getting like professional help is the way to go. And that can like look very different for people. Um, you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe you kind of miss like human interaction, you miss touch and that's, you know, making you depressed. Like maybe that involves like you going to get like a massage or getting like Mm. a pedicure or something, you know, it looks just very different for, you know, everyone. Um, but yeah, and I've actually started acupuncture. Oh my gosh. Ooh, yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I'm like, let's just, I'm like, you, there's like yeah. nothing to lose, you know? <laughs> right. So yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And I, I love that people seem to be on the trend of like being more receptive to mental health care and like the very like deep importance of it, especially right now when, you know, um, in a pandemic and lockdown and not seeing yes. people and not, and all that stuff. So yes, I love no. that. But yeah, that is so interesting too, though, about like, I, I never thought about that, like seeing other professionals, whether it's like, yeah, massage or like acupuncture, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that can still like doing those as like self-care and also like listening to like what your needs are like, yes. and like reaching out to them. I love that. I never. Yeah. Cause like mental illness, like you know, despite the fact that like, yeah, like certain chemicals work all the way. I'm not going to pretend to know like (laughs) science, but it's not cookie cutter, you know, like we've all kind of gotten to our place from like different experiences and stuff. And I just think like healing probably looks different for everyone too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but like love therapy and I think like, you know, anyone can benefit from, therapy because like you, you talk about like what you need to talk about, you know? So Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. Yay for therapy. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so interesting too. Like I, so in thinking about like professionals, like I, when I was um, kind of struggling after college, cause we went to a, a, you know, Catholic university, obviously. And like, I loved like that faith uh, aspect of it. And I like had such a strong community and like campus ministry. And then that like totally disappeared after I graduated and I sought out like a spiritual director to like help me in my like faith journey. And I'm like, this is like amazing. This is so great. And I'm like, wow, there are like other good resources to like help you in like what your needs are. You just gotta like go out there and like be in tune with your body and like do some reflection and be like, what do I need right now to feel good? <laughs> yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, um, I also want to ask you what makes you empowered as a woman, whether that be through your career or, um, through other hobbies, initiatives, what makes you feel, feel really good (laughs) and empowered? Definitely work. I mean, I love the work I do and, you know, I, I did work hard to get here, but, you know, I do want to put the caveat, like a lot of it is luck. A lot of it is privilege, but I'm super happy with where I'm at in my career right now, which is, I never thought like I'd be that person. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do get a lot of joy from work and what I do. So yeah, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, no, (laughs) that's great. I mean, I'm so happy for you because I, and I know, and you've talked about a little bit too, like the career shifts, like, it's nice to see that, like, sometimes when we're in school, like, um, we have an idea of what our future will be like and what job we'll have. And then like that shifted for you, you know, like, and what you were doing. It's so great to see that now it's like, you're like, yes, I love this. Yeah, totally. Cause even junior year, like I was studying for like the LSAT, like I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And then that changed real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. Like, you know, it's sometimes that, that change is good. And you like, again, you realize you're like, Nope, not for me. (laughs) So yeah, I think, yeah. Like, some of like the best advice I've ever gotten from a boss was knowing what you don't like is, is just as important as knowing what you like. So, you know, there's certain things that I know I'll never do again, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so important. Um, and I know we talked a little bit about, um, running and, and as you were training for that half marathon, but are there other forms of self-care that you take on, um, whether it's now that you've taken up during the pandemic or just in general things that you do to take care of yourself? So I'm, I'm a big reader to me. That's very therapeutic. That's a good time for me to kind of just like escape and get into something else. So like reading for me is huge. Like some people like it's Netflix. Um, you know, I'm also guilty of like sitting on TikTok for an hour every night, you know, cause like that feels good. And like, that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, so that's huge. Um, even just like little things, like, like taking like a hot shower at the end of the day, like that does really just make like a world of difference, you know, for me. Um, again, like it's not curing anyone's like mental illness, but like, it's a good, like, you know, it's a good step to take. It's like a good, I don't know, like, it's just like a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also just it. being in contact with like my friends has been huge. Like I've been making a point to just like reach out to people, like when I think about them, um, because that just human interaction, we're missing so much of that now, you know, we're, we're not yes. meant to we're not meant to be indoors this much. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. I yeah. miss that. So I miss so much. Yeah. I wish I could see you in person, but you know, <laughs> like it's been so long. Oh gosh. But and with and so many people, we were doing such a good job post-college too. Like we got yeah. together like so many times we got dinner, we got drinks. I, I don't know. know. Like we're really like, we're really adulting here. Like this is yeah. great. It was COVID. And I was like, okay, goodbye. Everything. <laughs> I've loved. <laughs> I know that is really what it felt like. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Doing the things that we can do, right? Like just sending those texts and reaching out and FaceTime and Zoom, whatever it is, yeah. like we got to do something. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, and what do you, what is something that you like most about yourself that has nothing to do with your appearance? So I do think I'm pretty funny. (laughs) I would agree. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, So that is something I actually really like appreciate about myself. Like I find like I make myself laugh sometimes. Like I'll say something and like I'm hysterically laughing. Um, So that's something I like about myself, but it's also something that I recognize that others like about me too. So it's like a (laughs) win-win. And it's also like really helped me like, you know, like form friendships and like make bonds and, you know, like even just like comfort people too. So I think like being funny kind of goes a long way. And I feel bad being like, mm-hmm. I'm funny. Cause like, I feel like most funny people no. are never like, I'm funny, but <laughs> no, never apologize for things that you love about yourself. <laughs> and I think that's so true. And humor, like I love your humor and it's so nice to have like especially when, you know, there's a lot going on in the world and we can just break through some of that. And I think it's still important. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. And like, I'll, and like even humor in like serious situations too. Like I'll still never forget our one roommate, Michelle, I walked into the litter and I just went, um, Michelle and lo and behold, she walks into the kitchen and that was me letting her know that like our toaster oven was on fire. Um, I remember that. (laughs) Little things like that, you know? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was so funny. Yeah. I think we quoted that for a while. Um, Michelle, that's no. fire in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Not a big deal though. It's all good. Like, please help me. <laughs> oh, too good. That was so much fun. We had such a fun time, like living together. Yeah, and we did. I was like absolutely mortified because like, you know, we knew, if, we knew each other from the previous year. Cause we lived down mm-hmm. the hall from each other, but like we just went in guns blazing junior year with like how weird we were. And like, I'll never forget, like we had like a party like in our dorm and like I'm in the one bathroom and our other roommates in the other bathroom and we're just screaming and laughing and like, singing and like, I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. We just, it just was such good vibes in yeah. that, in that apartment. It truly was like, 
One of my favorite memories too was like, I don't even know, this was such a like small thing, but I think it was you or someone else in the apartment was just like, we were all like studying in our rooms, like probably in, you know, kind of individually kind of quiet. And then somebody's like, does anyone have some chocolate? I just really need some chocolate right now. Like, and then we all just like get out of our rooms and like whip out our like secret stashes of chocolate. And it was just like amazing. Like, I'm here for you. Like I have chocolate. Like what do you need? But if that's not women, helping women yeah. I don't know what is <laughs> exactly like it it purely was just like this wonderful moment I'm like yes you know yeah. <laughs> we no, were there we for each other such, we had such a good a good group we we really did you know and like we'd even have like conflict and like we talk it out which like I yeah. thought was really you know like impressive because sometimes it's like you know, that's the end of like a friendship. Like you have one problem and it's like, that's it. And like, just none of us were like that, you know? Right. Right. You could work through it. And yeah. that's like, that's life. Exactly. <laughs> you know? that's life. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Working through complex. Yeah. That was so, that was great. Definitely a testament to like a strong, strong friendship. And like, you know, we cared for each other deeply sure. that we could get through stuff. So for sure. So yeah. Good. yeah. Oh, that was so great. Fun times, but good to reminisce. <laughs> I always like look back and I'm like, do I miss college or do I just miss like yeah. normalcy? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. I, I think I sometimes think, think back of it with like rose colored glasses. I'm like, everything was wonderful. All my friends were there. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, those classes, those late nights studying, like, oh, I don't really miss that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Time does that to you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe yeah. it's for the best I like remembering the good times <laughs> there so, were a lot of good times yeah like you know every school has its faults and stuff but like I feel like by and large we had a really good experience mm-hmm. like we always had like a really good group of friends that was like very like overlapping like you know I don't know like everything kind of like meshed together with our group I just and I just liked it <laughs> definitely oh it was so nice <laughs> All right. Well, I also have one question for you, which is one of my favorites, which is what is a time when you felt beautiful? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it's sad and a testament to how much we need this podcast that it's taking me this long. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a common thing that, yeah, this is, can be a hard question for people, which, and I encourage you and and all the listeners too. I hope that people like think about it and like celebrate their beauty and are able to think about a time. And they're like, yes, I felt beautiful. And I, you know, this is, this was a good thing. (laughs) Wow. And it's so sad that I'm so stumped. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, and I know this sounds like weird because like you're not all like, you know, like done up, but like some of like my best moments where like I feel the best about like myself and like my life and like my trajectory is like post shower, lotioned up, like Mm. and just sitting on the couch, like either like reading or like on FaceTime with someone, like, you know, like your hair's still wet. Like, I don't know, because like it just kind of feels so natural and like you're actually yourself and like doing what you want to do so like moments like that are like actually pretty big for me but like definitely not like I don't know like even like getting dressed up and stuff like I'm there's that that level of like being like self-conscious where you're like Mm. oh like I don't know like even last like last night like I was hanging out with people um you know like COVID style like Mm -hmm. everyone being safe (laughs) as we do (laughs) as we do in these times um and like I looked in the mirror and I was like no one was about to tell me that like the eczema on my eyes was flaring up and I looked like a flaky mess um (laughs) so like yeah definitely like kind of like in like the most like natural sense like I like post shower you know, you do your skincare routine. Like that always makes me feel good. That makes me feel like beautiful and yeah. And just kind of like, you know, you're in your pajamas at the end of the day. Like that's kind of what I feel like I'm like my best self. Like when I know I'm going to sleep in 30 minutes. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Like, and it's so, it's so nice that sometimes it doesn't relate back to like being the most like done up, you know, and, and most like glam that we can look like, I think we often feel beautiful when we're like feeling comfortable, like we are, or, you know, feeling just like safe and cozy. Yeah, totally. Or like doing something fun too. And like, there's like a picture that like I use like on all like my dating apps Um, (laughs) and it's me like just taking a selfie at the castle in one of the castles in Scotland when I was with my parents. And I just remember like it being just such a good day Mm -hmm. and you can like see it on my face. Like Mm -hmm. there's like no, like there's no makeup. Like I have my glasses on and, but like, I'm just so happy. And like, it's one of like my favorite pictures of myself Mm -hmm. um, where I'm just like, wow, like you don't, I don't know. It's, it's so much more like how you feel and like what was happening. Like that day, like that day was just like good vibes. Like, Mm -hmm. and it like, it showed on my face, you know? Right. The inner beauty shining to outward. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Oh, love it. I love, I love looking back at those pictures too, where, you know, it was just this, like, you can like relive that like wonderful moment and it feels so like good and feels so beautiful because of it. Yeah. And there's so many pictures I have with you too, from like junior year where like, that's like, I look back and, and that's how I felt like, we're like, we're getting ready to like go out or like, we're going to like, you know, under the tent or, yeah, you know, and like, we're just taking like group pictures and you could just tell like, we're just so happy and like yeah. having such a good time. And I'm just like, wow, like you don't know it in the moment, but it's like, this right. is going to be something that like powers you through. Like, you Definitely. Oh, so good. So good. Well, it was so, so wonderful to talk with you and hear about your beauty and your beautiful self. I so appreciate you taking the time to do this. And is there anything like last words or things that you want our uh, audience to hear? Ooh, like, it's like so much and like nothing I can even like, um, I think anyone struggling with like their, outward appearance people are not paying attention as much as we think they're paying attention to us very true I think we have a lot of self-importance so I think going through the life with going through life and knowing that like no like I'm not like the main character here like not everything not everything's about me has been like super helpful and like me just being able to like relax and also just not care as much you know if like you have a pimple or like you know you don't look like your best self. Um, that's been huge. Just like people don't, I don't think people care as much as we, we think they do about that kind of stuff and stuff like being kind and like making people laugh. Like that's the stuff that people remember. And that's the stuff that like, you know, goes a long way. Oh, so well said and wonderful. And everything about you is amazing. (laughs) So (laughs) such a great message to end on. And I hope we can all take that in and just really embrace it. Like that's what this podcast is about, like celebrating that inner beauty. Cause that's what comes off. Right. And we're yeah. friends with the people in our lives because of how wonderful they are on the inside. It doesn't matter yeah. on the outside. So <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Katie. <laughs> <Love you, Sarah. laughs> thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of ignited by inner beauty. I hope this episode served as a reminder of just how beautiful and worthy you are. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe, provide a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and share this episode with a friend. For more information about Ignited by Inner Beauty, please go to ignitedbyinnerbeauty.com and sign up for my email list to keep up to date on new blog posts and podcast episodes. If you'd like to support my mission of empowering women, you can go to patreon.com slash ignitedbyinnerbeauty and receive some exclusive content and giveaways. If you're not already following me on social media, please follow me on Instagram at ignitedbyinnerbeauty and Twitter at ignitedbeauty. Thank you again for joining me and please tune in for the next episode.